As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Joe's Weather World only weather podcast dedicated to Kansas City. Hi everyone, welcome to Joe's Weather World. It's a early summer edition of our podcast and we've had so many great guests over the last uh, few months talking about how weather affects their various jobs and what they do. I thought this particular podcast, since now we're coming into summer and now we're really focused on the summer heat, all those days last winter where you were saying to yourself, I can't wait for it to be like 100 degrees again outside so we could get rid of all this snow and I don't have to be cold anymore. Well, this is the type of weather that uh, we typically get in this part of the country during the summertime. And while that weather is something that we sometimes yearn for during the winter season, during the summer season, this type of weather could actually be killer type of weather. And it's something that needs to be talked about because heat is a very, very under, um, under-hyped, under uh, estimated killer when it comes to weather. And with me this uh, afternoon is Bill Snook. And Bill, uh, basically, why don't we start out with the, the simplest of things. What would be your official title uh, with Kansas City? So I'm the Senior Information and Policy Officer with the Health Department, but I am the Regional Heat Mitigation and Communication Coordinator for the region. Okay, so Bill's got like a business card, seven business cards. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just to fill it all out. Uh, The reason why I wanted to have Bill on, and I kind of alluded to it a second ago, is that heat, whether it be Kansas City or another major metropolitan city, is often, when it comes to weather, the biggest killer uh, year in, year out, certainly on a national scale. When you look at uh, the number of people who have died from heat-related issues, it typically overperforms compared to tornadoes, which get all the hype, all the TV stations going crazy with uh, when it comes compares to snowstorms or ice or even cold weather. It's always heat. Uh, typically each year that kills the most people. And I wanted to visit with Bill about that. And and let's start very broadly with that, Bill. Why is it, why is heat the biggest issue typically for urban areas? Well, we have a lot of different issues going on with the urban area. We have a lot of concrete structures. We have a lot of infrastructure that it soaks up heat during the day and then it radiates it at night. So you have a higher heat island effect, if you will. Um, But in the urban areas, you have a lot of different um, populations. You may have some populations that have um, chronic medical conditions that are taking medication. That medication makes them less able to deal with the heat. Um, You may have multiple factors like um, poverty. You may have folks that just don't have the means to get cool or there's the fear that if they went to a cooling center, um, they would lo- um, they would not be with their dog or their animal or their safe place, so they stay right where they are, and that's sometimes right where the problems occur. And for the inner city especially, and, and for most of the urban areas, 
um, the combination of hot weather during the day, but also warm weather at night, it's that combination, right, that creates the most problems? Right. Usually when you have those, those hot nights, the body is trying to reset itself. It's trying to cool down. But when you keep applying a heat stress, your body doesn't go back to 100% to um, deal with the heat the next day. It may go to a 90. It may go to a 75. So you're slowly pulling down your body's defenses so that it becomes weaker and weaker and more susceptible to a heat-related illness. We've seen over the years uh, quite a few people here in Kansas City sadly lose their lives in heat, and the city has responded in various ways um, to try to reduce the effects Mm -hmm. of heat on individuals. Over the years, what have you noticed in terms of how the city has altered what they do? Well, it's it's more about the communication about what we do. Um, when I took over in 2004, back in the day, there were three different warning criteria. There was the state, there was the health departments, and then there was the National um, Weather Service in Pleasant mm-hmm. Hill. So the first thing was to get everybody on the same page. So we, so we started working together and collaboratively. And I think that's the difference that we see say out in Las Vegas where they have a dry heat, but it's much higher temperatures, maybe they don't have the collaborative infrastructure that we have working with partners saying, oh, I can do this. Can you do that? And let's share some information. And I think that that's been the biggest key is the way Kansas City is. We're about helping each other and working together to solve a problem. So as you collaborate with these various entities... Uh, you, within your role with Kansas City, will notice things ahead, perhaps, of mm-hmm. those of us on this side of the table, the more sciencey, mm-hmm. geeky, weathery people, um, because we'll say, okay, well, here we go. It, it's late June. Um, we're used to the summertime heat. Uh, okay, so the heat index is going to be 100. It, it's always about 100 or something like that. But right. in certain situations, you will notice ahead of time that, hey, you know what? This is starting to become a problem, won't you? Right. Um, you know, you guys are great with your radar and your Doppler and all those fun <laughs> little 3D stuff. But what I bring to the table is we have a radar in the ERs, in the emergency rooms. We're looking to see, are we seeing the normal expected heat-related illnesses for this time? And who are those people? If something is different, then that's an alarm bell. Because if we're having a lot of people going out mowing at four in the afternoon and they have a heart condition and they're going to the ER with um, palpitations or heat exhaustion or maybe, God forbid, a heat stroke, then the messages aren't working right for that for that person. So mm-hmm. we have to figure out a better way to tell the people who need to be told, hey, trust your body, listen to your body, because he's gonna, he can easily move from a heat exhaustion to a heat stroke very quickly. So I grew up back east, and um, we would get in southern New York, we would have some hot days, and I grew up without air conditioning for many years, and it was just the way it was. Mm-hmm. Just figured it out. Um, here in Kansas City, though, I, I 
you know, we would get hot and it would stay hot for a few days and then we'd probably get a little sea breeze or cold front and it would change and it would never be prolonged. Right. Now, I've been here 25 years and I remember back in my college days back in St. Louis, I got out there in the summer of 1980. Mm-hmm. And I, I still to this day remember my poor father lugging my luggage up five flights of stairs in the dorms in St. Louis uh, during late August of 1980 in ridiculous heat. Mm-hmm. Kansas City, obviously affected by that heat, especially back then. Right. Would that be considered, uh, that summer of 1980, one of our worst? That is that is pretty correct. We had 17 days that it was over 100 degree, 108 degrees Fahrenheit. So... When you look at when you look at a normal heat wave from a from a health perspective, you know that the the first two or three days, the folks that are the mo- who are the weakest may have the most problems, and then there's a lull. There's not you're not going to see very many deaths. You may see more people go to the hospital, but you're not going to see as many deaths. And then, but right around seventh day, you start really seeing excellent. because when you when because that's when the heat stress buildup has started to take effect 17 days i was living in dallas texas <laughs> i was in an unair conditioned gym for 2 hours it was miserable those types of prolonged heat events are are the things that keep me up at night right. they're the ones that scare me I think it's fascinating from many aspects of this that people don't, um, people don't, I don't want to say pay attention, but people don't take it as seriously as they should. And I'm reminded of this because uh, last week, late June, we saw supposedly the all time high in the country of France, something like 115 degrees. Right. And it brought back for some folks, and, and for me as well, uh, the, the terror. I mean, it just boggles your mind how many people died from heat mm-hmm. back in the early two. I mean, it's not like this was like 1950 or 1930 when there's no air conditioning. And right. Back in the early 2000s, I think it was like something nationwide or country or European wide. It was like 70,000 or something. Right, it's crazy. An amazing number of people losing their lives. And it snuck up on them. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they didn't know what to do. How does, I don't want you to necessarily talk about the European thing, but how does that happen? How does How do communities not be as prepared? Is it because they just don't recognize this is going to be a big issue? Or is it something along the lines of, hey, we know it's going to be a big issue, but we don't know how to get the word out, especially how things have changed over the years? Well, let's just take 1980, for example. Okay. Um, in 1980, there weren't a lot of air-conditioned environments, and that was the number one predictor of survival, is did you have an air conditioner? Um, they did a lot of fans, um, that was the way they, they thought, oh, well, if we gave them a fan, that would be great. Right. But what's the difference between an oven and a convection oven? It's a fan. So what you've done is 
or what we don't know is, was the intervention the cause of more heat-related deaths or, and illnesses, or did it save lives? Interesting. So, so let me, let's backtrack to that. So you're saying it's possible. We don't know. It's possible. Possible that fans actually could have made the situation worse? Correct. Because so, of? Because the way people get cool is um, where moisture, when you sweat, it's called wicking where it's being evaporated, so it's wicking away from the skin, so you get a cooling effect. Well, if you have a super saturated or humid environment, there's not a lot of place for that humidity to go. So it's not going to be evaporated. It's just being pulled out of you. So you're basically roasting yourself. Um, we did a study from 2007 to 2014 of the heat-related deaths in Kansas City. And there was a higher death rate if a fan was present than if it wasn't. Do we know if the fan, if people, because of uh, income situations and stuff like that, are people afraid of running fans? Um, it's not about afraid of running fans. They're, they're afraid of running their, um, their air conditioner because they're on limited income. It's right. going higher. Um, the the bills are higher, so they don't want to go there. Um, we also change um, with um, France and what's going on there. A lot of people try to self-select out of the categories. We'll say like, well, it's the elderly and the young and the people who are infirm and blah, blah, blah. Well, if you have five, a list of five things and one thing isn't, you don't fit oh, well, then I really don't have to worry about it because I'm not all of them. Well, we've, we changed that messaging many, many years ago. It's about who you are, what you're doing, and what you put in your body. There is a profile of most of the heat deaths in Kansas City that usually fits into they have uh, blood pressure medication okay. or they have dementia, they have an altered mindset, or they have alcohol and they're not able to make a, a good choice. So let's, let's go. Are those the three profiles? Those are pretty much. Basically. So let's go over. Um, the three of them again were dementia, alcohol. And what was the first one? Um, uh, blood pressure. Oh, hyper. Blood pr okay. So let's talk about each one then. How for people who have high blood pressure and they're taking blood pressure medication. And that's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of folks. Why is that a profile for well, possible heat issues? It's because of the medication that they're on. The medication, one of the things that they want to do is reduce the blood volume so you don't have high blood pressure. So you're taking a water pill. If you're taking a water pill, you don't have a lot of ability to then regulate your body temperature because you're, you're pulling down one of the, the tools that the body uses because it's straining another part of your body. So that's one um, with the blood pressure medication. It's, we always tell folks, talk to your doctor about the medication. It's like with people who have um, allergies and they burn very quickly. Well, why do they burn very quickly? It's a side effect of the medication that they're taking, an antihistamine. It's reducing the ability to deal with the melanin and the, and the UV rays. 
So that's one thing. So you always have a side effect to medication. For blood pressure medication, you're and de- essentially dehydrating the body right? in and, a sense. And with antidepressants as well. Interesting. So there's a whole there's a whole list of medications that can actually reduce your ability to deal with the hell, um, with the heat effectively. Okay, so f- for people who are on blood pressure medication or or uh, water pills or whatever, for for them they need to really make sure they're fully as hydrated as possible, right? And get to cool places. And during the heat of the day, the grass will still be able to be cut at nine and ten o'clock mm-hmm. at night. Or in the morning. You don't need to do it during the heat of the day. We always have a lot of weekend warriors. Um, The average age from 2007 to 2014, the average age was 56. It's not very old. So, you know, I'm not going to tell a 50-year-old woman that she is elderly because I may be a big guy, (laughs) but I'm not that stupid. (laughs) So you have to figure out what works for, for that, that audience. Because if you say, well, it's the young and the old, oh, well, I'm not old. I'm 56. Right. You've just self-selected. You've, you've just, in your mind, eliminated yourself from the risk. Uh, I think the dementia profile uh, more or less probably sadly makes sense because these are people who just don't realize what's happening around them. Correct. And um, unfortunately, a lot of those folks, um, they have caretakers, um, but that caretaker may not be there. Um, They may get confused. Part of uh, when you have a heat illness, um, it may, uh, you have some confusion. So does that amplify the person who's already confused? So those, so those um, challenges um, those actually, when those come across my desk, we have the Jackson County Medical Examiner is an awesome partner, and they've worked with us to to create a heat death um, suspected heat death reporting form. So we get the death scene data um, of that decedent. So we know exactly if they had a fan, if it was on, if it was off, how far were they, were they in various stages of, um, of undress, were they inside, were they outside, what's the structure of the home, were the windows open, were they closed. We get a lot of rich data mm-hmm. from our partners at the Jackson County Medical Examiner. That's part of the medical file, so that's not released to the public, but it helps us craft better messages because if it's if that person had an uh, existing uh, cardiovascular disease or they had um, a mental health issue, we're going to say, you know, if you have cardiovascular or a mental health issue, please talk to your doctor to make sure you're able to best deal with the heat. Finally, the last profile, the alcoholism or alcohol-related issue. Uh, we always tell people, you know, if you're going to be out at one of the great events that we've got around Kansas City and it's going to be a hot day, you're going to be out there all day and you're probably having a few beers, whatever the case may be. I always stress at least to mix in water with your beer. People don't realize that beer is not a, necessarily a hydrator. It's right? a diuretic. It's a diuretic. <laughs> um, and so people don't, especially younger people, mm-hmm. don't 
realize that this could actually be not such a good thing on these blasted hot days. Right. So you're dealing with a diuretic that's already pulling water out of you, and you're just getting more of that diuretic into you. The best thing, moderation, if you're going to have, if you just choose to have an alcoholic beverage, then choose to have water or um, some sort of energy drink if you're out in the hot sun and you've been um, and you've been exercising because of the electrolytes. But really, good old-fashioned water, lots of breaks in the in the shade. But when you're having a good time, you're not thinking. You're not going to think yeah. about it. It's like you're oh. just having a good time. It's all good. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, we always have a couple of cases where someone has passed out in a car. They don't feel safe, so they roll up the windows and they lock the doors, and then they pass out, and then the heat comes, and then we have a heat event. So we've had a couple of cases in the past where uh, we've had... Uh, someone get drunk in their car, pass out, and die. It, it boggles the mind because for, for many, maybe not all, um, but in many situations, a lot of this is preventable. Right. You know, but yet here we are. So over the years, you, you, when you look back at 1980 and you look at the, the devastating we, heat we had that particular summer, um, and you get into the late 80s, 1988, and then we get into the 2000s and, and 2011 and 2012. How has the city itself altered what they do? Um, back in 1980, were there cooling centers? There were cooling centers. Um, the studies show that most people don't want to go to a cooling center. Because they don't want to leave the safety of their home. They Correct. don't want to leave their animals. They don't want to leave... Or if they have mobility issues, having them go to how a... How do you get them there? How do we get them there? Right. Um, when we go into a, an excessive heat warning, um, one of the things that's a little bit different is um, our um, working with the fire department, um, folks who need to go to a center can call and um, someone would bring them to a city um, cooling center um, so that, and then, then bring them back to the, into mm-hmm. their environment. So... That's one way that we've done it. Um, we've also really pushed with the meteorologist's help, like yourself, pushing out the messages because we hit them on the weather side and we hit them on the news side. So we're pushing out that information. Um, in Kansas City, um, most of the heat-related deaths are that when we report via Twitter because we have um, an open records request by media, we provide the year of birth and the gender because those are not protected by um, privacy laws. Mm-hmm. Once they once we have a heat suspected heat related death that's under investigation, we put that information out and then we start uh, applying those messages. About a third of all suspect heat related deaths turn out not to be heat related. Oh, really? So there's there's other things. But what we do is we're not going to err on the side of, oh, maybe it's not a heat thing because it could save someone else. Gotcha. So we work really hard with all of our partners 
to make sure that we have coordinated messages, that we're putting out similar things. Um, we're doing the, the kids in cars. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, it's the, the kids in cars thing. And I think uh, as of Friday, when I last talked about it, I, I did it, I'll do it every so often in a What Your Weather App Can't Tell You segment. I think we were up to 15 nationwide. Mm-hmm. And probably over the weekend, I'm, wouldn't be surprised if it went up a little bit more. Um, the kids in cars thing, all weather-related deaths stink. Mm-hmm. The kids in car thing just drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. And But when you, t- when you see some of these parents who have made this, this terrible mistake or, or mm-hmm. this lapse or right. whatever... You know, in some cases, your heart goes out to them because right. there were 17 different things and something just sadly fell through the cracks. Right. I mean, it's just awful. Right. How do you wrap yourself around something with the kids and cars thing? Because it's a challenge for me. It, it is a challenge. I mean, all the, all the deaths are actually very challenging. Yeah. Um, but you're dealing with a very connected society where it's easy to disconnect from the day to day. So a lot of times there's actually been some studies shown that these folks believe that they've dropped those kids off. Right. So, because that's how their mind has, has processed the information because I did this and I did this and I did this. And so I'm done. What we always help, what we always hope that people will do is create a new habit whether it's putting your purse in the back door um, with the child in the back seat, um, if 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 you need to be, so you have to go back there. So and you check. have to go back there. Um, for for guys, you know, if you have a briefcase, if you have a smart device, if you have a phone, you shouldn't be texting and driving right. anyway. Just put it with the baby, so you have to go get you your have phone to go back there and get it. That's the. It's changing the. It's changing the habit. Um, my heart uh, breaks for all of those families that have to deal with that. Um, it's horrible and tragic. So now there's a different way to do it, and that's if you're going to be taking something out, put your purse or your wallet or your smartphone back with where that child where would the be. child is so yes it's something simple and i actually i've already learned several things here today i've learned uh, the blood pressure medication mm-hmm. aspect of things and something as simple as putting a purse in the back seat with a toddler in a car seat mm-hmm. is it's genius i mean it simply is genius i mean that's all it's just something simple just to try to break a habit of years and years everything is fine and then just one brief slip of the mind, mm-hmm. and something tragic can happen. We're talking to Bill Snook from Kansas City, uh, and we're talking about the dangers of heat. And we've seen this off and on uh, over the course of years. Do cities, whether it be Kansas City or other cities, I think I was reading something last year from Arizona mm-hmm. that they are um, looking at the way they report heat-related deaths. Do cities have a consistent 
way of reporting heat-related deaths or because what I'm what I'm kind of circling around to is can can a city figure out can a medical examiner figure out this person had a heart attack but the reason why that person had a heart attack was because that person was crazy overheated right and there's there's a lot of discussion in the medical examiner world and I cannot speak for them but with the work that we've done like because we had access to all of the death report and scene data they were able to actually talk to other medical examiners saying, you know, fans have a higher rate of death rate than non-fans. And we were able to show that from the death scene data. So that, oh, I, I, I didn't know that. The other challenge, which is difficult, is um, we have medical examiners and we have coroners. Um, some coroners are not medically trained. Um, they may be a sheriff. And then they're the ones that call for the autopsy. So we have, because we have great medical examiners in Kansas City, they do autopsies. So they, and it's ruling out. Mm-hmm. They have to rule out the cause. Um, so it wasn't this, it wasn't this, so it could be more likely this. Um, that is invaluable because not every place will do an autopsy because they don't have the budget or the money. Um, so, um, and in Kansas, uh, in, in Missouri, um, hyperthermia and hypothermia are reportable conditions. So if they go to, um, if they present with hyperthermia or hypothermia to a hospital, they have to report it to the local health authorities um, and do uh, just some um, heat reporting. Mm -hmm. That's invaluable because we work with the ERs to say, make sure you're reporting so we can have a good idea of what we're actually seeing because when they report it, then that gives me the opportunity to talk to the weather service to say, we need to do something more or we need to do something. Right. And the partnership with uh, the National Weather Service at Pleasant Hill, they are amazing forecasters. They are amazing partners. Um, and it's because people in Kansas City want to work together mm-hmm. to solve a problem that we're able to do something about it. Um, we've had uh, high numbers of um, deaths in a year. Uh, 2011, we had 21. Uh, 2012, we had um, 10. Those 10 were all outside. They were not in a building. They were all environmental exposure outside in the element. Now, I was talking to Bill about this before we started. See, look at us. We're already 45 minutes into this. Um, I'm fascinated by the 2011-2012 difference because my memories of 2012 was that was also occurring during the drought and our dew points were way lower. Yes. And so uh, the overnights were considerably, I don't want to say cooler, but cooler compared to the heat wave from the year before where the moisture and the dew points were much higher and the city did not cool down at night. That was not necessarily the case in, in 2012. Uh, as I remember describing it often, it was more like a desert heat. Right. Where it was hot during the day, 
but at night we actually dropped to 60, 65, thereabouts. Um, And that makes a difference, right? That makes a, a, a heap of difference because they'll go, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. Right. And Kansas City is sometimes cursed, I mean blessed, with very warm, tropical um, air masses that come in. What I usually tell folks is a flood and a heat event are the same thing. It's just a flood of hot air. No, oh, there you go. So when it comes in, if it's really, really moist, you're going to have that problem with um, perspiration. You'll mm-hmm. start getting heat stress buildup. So those things are going to start taking effect. 2012, um, we didn't have really a corn crop. So we didn't have the crops um, venting more um, moisture Moisture. into the the atmosphere. So most of the um, almost, yes, all of those deaths were either in a car or outside or they were working outside. Um, so you had this really stark um, demarcation between the two. Was it because of the air mass? Maybe. I don't know. But it's interesting to note that mm-hmm. we had more indoor the, uh, the year before and then not really in 2012. Is it possible that in 2012 that that particular setup, and that's a... I don't want to say it's a rare setup, but it's a rarer setup compared to the usual hot, humid airs right. masses that we have to deal with. Um, is it possible in 2012 that fans were indeed helpful it was, that particular year? Right. Especially it, at night. It, especially at night. Yeah. And, and the other thing is we've changed how we talk about fans. We don't say use a fan. We say a fan should not be your primary source of cooling. You should be taking cool showers. You should be taking um, cool liquids. You should be using wet towels, cold compress. We've changed how we've talked. And that's the difference between what I saw in 2004 when I started this to now is we're working with multiple agencies that provide awesome services to their clientele. We have awesome forecasters, um, whether it be on on Channel 4 or at Pleasant Hill, but everybody's talking and everybody's trying to get on the same page. So we have a consistent message going out. And it's not about it's going to be the young and the old that are going to be the most heat susceptible. It's about who you are and what you're doing and what you're putting your, into your body. Those are the things that are going to, those that mix is what's going to make you more or less susceptible to a heat event. That's good stuff. I like that. Uh, all right, so we better wrap up here, otherwise we're going to go on for another two hours. <laughs> um, as a final wraparound thought, uh, I will let you um, talk about this as a public service. What should, when a person starts feeling the signs of heat stress or that the hot weather is getting to them, what should that person do? The best thing is prevention. If you're going to be going out to an event that you're going to be out partying, start pushing the water before you even go out to the event. Make sure that you're drinking um, caffeinated drinks and alcoholic drinks in moderation. Those are both diuretics. 
we're not saying we're not the fun police. We're not mm-hmm. saying don't have fun. What we're saying is make sure that you're doing the things that you need to do to keep yourself safe so you can have a great time. Um, watch out for if you're starting to have cramps. That can easily go into uh, heat exhaustion where you're, you have uh, cold, um, clammy skin and your, your heart begins to bound and race and you, you're sweating profusely. That can easily go into a heat stroke, and that's a medical emergency. Just stay in the, um, stay in the shade, take multiple breaks, drink lots of water, talk to your doctor about your medications, and make sure that you know that we're here to help. Excellent. Bill, thank you so much. Uh, we've been talking to Bill Snook from Kansas City. He's been uh, all things heat from me for today and it's been I, I've learned already several new things and uh, new ways that I could uh, communicate the dangers of heat uh, to all of you who watch us nightly on Fox 4. Bill thank you so much for coming on thank in. You. Thank you again for listening to Joe's Weather World we'll have another podcast coming up in just a few more weeks. Have a great summer everyone. Remember stay hydrated. We talk about it all the time you have to drink water during these hot summer days have a great rest of the day One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.